This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allows members to request future stories and themes. Thank you for listening. This podcast contains mature content and is intended for an adult audience only. It contains explicit words, thoughts, and ideas. The content of all stories is fiction with any similarities to real people or events being purely coincidental. This podcast is not intended for anything but entertainment of the listener, and if you do not agree with the themes listed in the tags, please do not listen to the story. All characters engaging in sexual relationships or activities are 18 years old or older. This story was found on a free website and brought to audio form here. I did not write and take no credit for this story. Please visit the link in the comments to further support this author. We need to talk by Big Guy 33. I had played well, I thought. It wasn't the best round I had ever played, but I had finished 18 holes at just 7 over par, which was pretty darn good. My friend Matt and I had been playing golf together a couple times a month for the past few years. He was about 10 years older than I was. We had met when my wife Becky and I moved into our current house six years ago. Matt is a big guy and has the gift of gab. He's in real estate and does very well for himself, though there is the occasional slow period. His wife, Pam, is a tall, thin blonde woman who had stayed at home to raise their son, Chet. He had recently turned 18 and was finishing up high school before heading off to the university. Pam and Becky had become friends instantly and visited with each other several times a week. Becky is also a blonde, with straight hair, which she's usually happy with except on those occasions when she'd really like. Some curls and a little body. That currently ends just below her shoulders. She keeps herself in good shape, with a few sags and soft spots but nothing more than you would expect from a 41-year-old woman. She's still the most beautiful woman in the world to me, or at least she was before this whole thing started. Guys, you know how it goes when you hear those words, we need to talk. There's never once been a time when a wife uttered those words that were good news for the poor husband on the receiving end, so when Becky said them to me that fateful Saturday afternoon I immediately braced for some sort of bad news that I'm sure we all do this. We tried to think about what it could be. I hadn't gone into the garage, so my first thought was something happened to her car. But that wouldn't really be a big deal. I made a good living as an engineer so if it was something as material as that it could be easily remedied, and she knew that dot so then I figured it was something personal, like family. All of our parents were still alive, as were three of our eight grandparents. Had something happened to one of them? Or perhaps it was our daughter, Holly. Holly was very close with her mother, and we often joked that she was my wife's mini-me. She had Becky's straight blonde hair and love of shopping. She had recently started dating, she had turned 18 a couple months ago, and had a boyfriend named Dean who seemed nice enough. They weren't sexually active that I was aware of but I guess dads aren't always in the loop on that kind of thing. Could Holly be pregnant? Crap. That would certainly explain Becky's somber tone, though it could be dealt with Dot or maybe Becky's pregnant. We still did it a couple times a week, though with age, I'm 43, things have slowed a bit, and I can't go on like I did 10 or 15 years ago. But it was very satisfying for us, and to my knowledge Becky hadn't been through menopause so could still get pregnant. Imagine that, a father again at my age. I had enjoyed it the first time around and thought it would be true again, but perhaps Becky thought I would be unhappy about it. Doubt of course, all of this went through my head in a matter of seconds and I had pretty much convinced myself that one of the women in my life was pregnant by the time I sat down at the kitchen table opposite from my wife of 18 years. Henry, my darling, you know how much I love you, don't you? Of course, Beck. I've never doubted it for a minute. I tried to remain upbeat, not wanting her to fear telling me about the new baby I was sure was coming, but a little doubt crept into my mind. Why would she ask if I knew how much she loved me unless she were about to tell me something that would make me question it? And I do, Henry. I love you with every piece of me and I will forever, and I look forward to spending the rest of our lives together. It's what I've always wanted. Me too, honey, but I assume this wasn't intended as a meeting of the Mutual Admiration Society. What's this about? Henry, we've been together for twenty years, eighteen of them as husband and wife. I love you more and more every day, and I've happily dedicated my life to taking care of you and our wonderful daughter for that entire time. With the exception of some visits with friends, I've asked very little for myself. Would you agree? This was obviously not about Holly, 
and was about something Becky wanted that she thought I might have some objection to. She had never suggested a desire for another baby so I was quickly losing confidence in that theory. I would agree, honey. You've always put Holly and me first, though we've encouraged you to take time and do things for yourself as well. You have, and I'm aware of that. And that's one of the ways I know how much you love me and why I believe you'll indulge me now. Well, I'm listening. Henry, as you are aware, as we age things change. Our bodies change, our energy levels change, and our sex drives change. You're a wonderful lover, Henry, and always have been. But you know as well as I do that you can't go as long or as often as you used to, and it typically takes a couple of days for you to recharge before we can go again. This is just a natural part of aging and I understand that. I really didn't like the way this was suddenly going. Perhaps the last thing a man wants his wife to start talking about is his virility, or at least the lack of it. I had a bad feeling about this. She continued. I know you've tried the little blue pill and that has certainly helped with some things, but it can't do anything about your energy and your desire, you know what I mean? Not knowing what to say at this point, I simply nodded that I understood what she was saying. I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, which I presumed had something to do with some sort of solution to this problem. For me it's been the opposite. As I've gotten older my libido has increased. When I turned 40 it was like a switch was flipped. I wore you out for a while there, which I know you remember. I did, that's for sure. We were doing it almost every night, though sometimes, probably more than I want to admit, I had to resort to getting her off orally because my little soldier wouldn't stand at attention again that particular night. But I still worked hard to satisfy her and thought I had been pretty successful. I was getting a different impression now. I find myself needing something pretty much every day. When you and I make love, as always you ensure I've had mine before taking care of yourself. However, it used to be that when we were done I couldn't possibly take any more, and now I find that, well, I could still use some more attention before calling it a night. I have some toys I use discreetly to take care of that but it's a bit frustrating. Don't you think I feel the same way, Becky? I love you and I want you to be taken care of, but you can't fully fight biology. I know, and I understand that, and I don't in any way hold these things against you. It's simply the nature of getting older. Okay Becky, now that you've pointed out my sexual inadequacies and done your best to minimize them, are you going to get to the point of this conversation? As she had talked about my inability to fully satisfy her any longer, I had reached the conclusion that this train was barreling toward her asking permission to have an affair. I was almost right. Henry, please understand that I'm not trying to put you down, I'm just trying to explain. This is very difficult to say, and I hope you won't get too angry, and that we can keep talking about this as we've been doing that I said nothing and didn't move. I just waited. Henry, I have a lover. It's been going on for almost a year. I was stunned. I couldn't even bring myself to respond, so she kept talking to fill the silence. We meet a couple times a week. I don't love him. I only love you. I've been very careful to make sure you didn't find out and that nothing changed for you at home. I've gotten very good at knowing when you'd be in the mood and planning accordingly. You've always had me whenever you wanted me and nothing about that will change. You are my husband and your needs will always come first. So this is something you intend to continue. Yes, Henry, I do. As I said, my needs have grown and I need to do this to satisfy them. But I want you to be confident that it doesn't change how I feel about you or the lovemaking we share. Who is it? I'm not going to tell you that, Henry. You don't need to know who it is and no good can come from that. It's not any of your friends or anyone you work with. It's just someone I met. And you expect me to simply accept this because I love you? Yes, I do. I know you love me and you want me to be happy and satisfied, and I know that you know you've not noticed any change and I've tried hard to make sure of that. Besides, the alternative is you having to pay me alimony and child support and live somewhere else, but all that will do is keep you from getting my pussy on a regular basis, let him have it even more often, and separate you from your daughter. I love you and I don't want you to suffer like that. It'll be better for everyone if we just keep going forward as we have been. I was trying my best to remain calm on the outside, but on the inside I was absolutely livid. How dare she threaten me with the ramifications of divorce? Perhaps Holly wouldn't be too keen on living with a mother that's cheating on her father. Well, that certainly sounds better for you, anyway. You've got it all sorted out, haven't you? You took page one from the lying and cheating wives handbook and played me for a damn fool. You've got me hooked and can now leave me twisting in the wind. Please don't look at it like that, honey. Don't fucking call me that, you bitch. Henry, 
Getting angry and using foul language isn't going to make this any easier. That may be true, but it sure makes me feel better. I know this is hard to hear. I really do. But it really won't affect us. You haven't noticed and you won't in the future. It's just something I'm doing for myself, to fulfill needs that I have. It won't take anything away from you. It's the same as if I was doing volunteer work in my spare time. Okay, let's assume I believe that, which I don't, but let's assume I do. Why now? What do you mean? Well, you've managed to lie to and deceive me this entire time. I never lied to you, Henry. You swore when we were married to only be with me, which was a broken promise if not a lie. But by never telling me about it you've effectively lied to me every day since the first time you fucked this asshole. He's not an asshole. He's very nice. I wouldn't be with an asshole. He seduces and has sex with married women. That alone makes him an asshole. Well, for the record, he didn't seduce me. I came on to him. This was just getting better and better. Okay, so you're an even bigger slut than I thought. Henry. I ignored her. So back to my question. Why are you telling me this now? You lulled me into trusting you and you've tricked me for a year, so why are you telling me now? Like I said, Henry, I plan to spend every day of the rest of my life showing you much I love you and how much I appreciate you for allowing me this one thing for myself. But the exception to that is that, well, he's taking me to Hawaii for a week, as sort of an anniversary of our first time together. You're kidding me. So much for this not affecting us. You're leaving to go spend a week getting fucked while I sit at home and work to support you. And what I'm supposed to just welcome you with open arms when you come back. What the hell have I ever done to you to warrant this level of disrespect from you? You've never done anything, Henry, and this isn't disrespect to you. I need you to understand that this is only something I'm doing for me and has nothing to do with how I feel about you. Personally, I don't see how that's possible. What about your daughter, Becky? What do you intend to tell Holly about this little solo vacation of yours? We've always gone away as a family, and suddenly you're going by yourself. I've already spoken to Holly and explained that some friends of mine and I have decided to take a little trip together, and that this would in no way affect our family vacation this summer. She was fine with it. She may even be glad to see me go. She chuckled at what I guess she thought was a joke. Oh, isn't this just such a lighthearted topic? And you think I'm going to let her continue to believe that cock and bull story? What proof do you have to the contrary, Henry? I've already showed her the brochures for the places my friends, and I will be going and promise to tell her all about it when I get back. All you have is your word, and frankly, Henry, she is more likely to believe me and what I told her than anything you tell her. Like I said, you've got it all figured out. You get to do whatever you want, and who gives a shit how I feel about it, and if I don't like it that's just too bad. I'm not sure how you expect to remain married to me after this. I've told you, Henry. We love each other, and once I get back things will return to the way they've always been. I had enough of this nonsense. She clearly hadn't considered the long-term effects this would have. Even if we stayed married, which wasn't going to happen if she went through with this trip and was in doubt even if she didn't, it sure as hell wouldn't be the way it was before. I took one last shot. Becky, don't go. We can work on our marriage and try to fix things. Just please don't go. Henry, I'm going and that's all there is to it. But it will all be the same, you'll see. I love you too much to let this change things. Well, I tried. I can tell you it's already changed things. But I guess you've done your duty. You've told me your plans. I tell you to have a good time, but unlike you I prefer not to lie to my spouse. I'll be in the wood shop, as if you care. Henry, please be careful down there. Working with power tools when you're upset is very dangerous. I walked down the basement steps without acknowledging that she spoke and without saying another word. I couldn't believe how stupid she was. Sure I loved her, but I sure as hell wasn't going along with this and was amazed that she would think I would. Despite her thinking, I had every intention of telling Holly just what her mother was up to. If she didn't believe me, well, that's just a chance I would have to take, and a trip to Hawaii of all places. We've been talking about going there for years but waited for Holly to get a little older so she could really enjoy it, and now before we can do it she decides to go off with this asshole. Shit. I considered my options. She was certainly right about divorce. We were in a no-fault state so I'd be on the hook for alimony for a few years at least, and probably child support since Holly would likely end up with her mom and the house. I could afford all of this. I just didn't relish the idea of paying for my wife to sit and home and screw her fuck buddy while I work and sit at home alone in some apartment somewhere. And who knows who she might bring home and subject Holly to. 
I saw no option but to just stay here until Holly left for college then get the hell out. But I wasn't touching her skanky cunt again, that was for damn sure. I had been in my workshop for several hours when I heard my daughter arrive home. She typically spent Saturdays with her friends or with Dean. I had the bright idea to go right now and let Holly know just what her mother was planning, when we were all in the room. Maybe she'd believe me and maybe she wouldn't, but that was going to be for her to decide. So I started to go back up into the house but was still inside the basement door when I heard Holly start talking with her mother, and the first sentence out of her mouth rocked my world even more than it already was. Hey mom. So, did you tell dad about the trip to Hawaii with Mr. Harrington yet? Holy crap, she knew all about it. Becky hadn't given her a story about a trip with her friends. Holly knew the truth and was apparently okay with it. And who was Mr. Harrington? Did Holly know the guy? Yes, just a little bit ago. He wasn't too happy and he's sulking down in the wood shop now. It's about what I expected. But he'll come around. He really has no choice. I can't believe he'd be so selfish about this, Mom. If he really loved you he'd be happy that you're getting your needs taken care of. He's just going to have to accept that you need a younger man to give you what you need. As long as he gets his he really has no cause to complain. Who the hell was this kid? Then I realized that Becky handled the bulk of the child raising and had apparently been filling Holly's head with this nonsense for years. She really was Becky's mini-me dot. That's what I told him, but he took it personally. His poor, fragile male ego can't handle the fact that he can't satisfy all my needs anymore. I explained all about how people change when they got older but all he can see is his caveman view of me being his woman dot. No, clearly no disrespect here. I'm so glad I introduced you to Mr. Harrington. He's really looking forward to the trip. He says he has a few special things planned for you. Oh. My. God. My own daughter didn't just know about it but played an active role in helping her mother cheat on me, and seems to be reveling in my humiliation. And how the hell does my 18-year-old daughter know someone older that Becky would have sex with and could afford to pay for a trip to Hawaii? I'd have to look into that, but at least I had a name. Honey, please don't talk to him about our sex life, okay? That makes me uncomfortable and is really not appropriate. You were the one that started talking to me about how daddy wasn't getting it done and that it was time to take on a lover like grandma did, then complained that you had no way to meet someone. I think my finding someone for you entitles me to a little leeway. I suppose that's true, but it's still not appropriate for you to be talking with Rick about it. You're still a minor and he's still your teacher. Jackpot. Okay mom, I'll do my best. I'm just so excited for you. With that little conversation my plans took a sudden and drastic turn. I had no intention now of staying in the same house as those two conniving little bitches. Okay, not a nice word to use for one's own daughter, but her actions had proven what kind of person she was raised to be and she was old enough to understand right and wrong, but there would be no divorce either. Either way I'd be on the hook for the household expenses at least until Holly graduated in June, but this way I could keep the expenses to a bare minimum, whereas if we divorced I'd be on the hook for whatever percentage of my income the court decided on, and it would certainly be more than I would care to contribute. So I would simply move out. I'd live somewhere else, probably sharing the address only with my brother Michael, and keep a household account funded to cover the bills and food and other expenses. I'd leave my email and phone active so the slut and her protege could communicate with me on things they wanted or needed, and I could then decide if I would cover the cost. Certainly Holly's days of getting nearly anything she wanted were over, in particular that car that she's been after for the last couple of years. To think I was just about to give in and get it for her, since I handled the finances and the family business, I could easily get things set up over the next couple weeks. As long as Becky's credit cards worked when she swiped them everything was fine as far as she was concerned. I would look for a place to move into as well, but that shouldn't be too hard. I decided I would simply not play the games. I wouldn't pretend everything was fine but nor would I stomp my feet and make a big deal out of it either. As far as I was concerned I was now sharing a house with a roommate and her daughter until I could make other arrangements. I had nothing to gain or lose one way or the other. Holly would at some point know that I was aware of her role in her mother's betrayal, and I admit to being curious to how she would react that I walked up the stairs with the goal of taking a shower and planned to take myself out to dinner. I'd be damned if I was going to sit at a table with the traders after the day I had had. As I opened the door to the kitchen both the she-devil's eyes swung in my direction. Maybe I imagined the smirks on their faces or maybe I didn't. It didn't matter. I knew what they thought of me. 
Holly came bounding to me as she usually did. Hi, Daddy! She tried to wrap me up in a hug as usual and I would normally squeeze her right back, but this time I just stood there until she was done. She pulled back, a perplexed look on her face. What the matter, Daddy? I simply looked at the both of them then silently walked into my bedroom. Well, I guess it wouldn't be mine much longer. I'd move my stuff into one of the spare rooms until it was time to move out. But for now, I locked the doors and climbed into the shower. Of course, my wife couldn't let it rest. Damn those stupid indoor locks and their generic keys, which are nothing more than glorified screwdrivers. I had hoped locking the door would let her know I wanted to be alone, but that was too much to hope for. Becky found her way and then set to giving me crap. What the hell was that about? If you want to be angry with me that's your childish decision, but don't take it out on your daughter. She hasn't done anything to you. I just stared at her for a moment before returning to my shower. So, it's the silent treatment, is it? How very mature of you. Well, that's fine. When you're done with your little snit, let me know. Dinner's ready, by the way. She walked out, slamming the doors as she did so. I simply shrugged my shoulders and went about my business. I no longer cared about what she thought or had to say that I put on some slacks and a nice shirt. I stepped out of the bedroom door and saw the girls at the table eating whatever it was that Becky had prepared. They stopped talking rather abruptly when I entered the room. Whether that was because I wasn't supposed to overhear or they simply wanted to see what I was going to do next I don't know. I glanced in their direction and Holly put on a big smile, perhaps thinking, or at least hoping, that I would come sit with them and talk like always, and maybe apologize. But I turned the other direction and walked out the front door. I was in my BMW and backing out of the driveway before anyone came out the door, assuming they even moved that I ate alone at a local steakhouse. I ate slowly and spent a good amount of time reading various news articles online as I did so. It was really just a way to pass the time. I was keenly aware that no phone calls came from either of the females in my life. I caught a late movie that let out at 12.30 in the morning, putting me back at the house about 1 a.m. To my delight the place was asleep, and I quickly crashed in the guest room. My good times were not to last of course, though it's true that some times are worse than others. I can't deny Becky's physical appeal to me, so when I woke up with her soft, naked body pressed against mine a certain part of my anatomy reacted exactly as you would expect, the traitor. Not that I planned to do anything about it, but this certainly made it harder to maintain my resolve in that department. Good, you're awake. Why on earth did you sleep in here last night? Because I was avoiding you, Becky. I had no interest in sleeping with you. It seems pretty clear at least part of you was interested. She reached down to try and take hold of me and I quickly rolled away and slid out of the bed. Becky's face took on a look of disappointment. Come on, Henry. It's still me, the woman you've loved all these years and who loves you with all her heart. Let me take care of you. You are most definitely not the same woman I've loved all these years, and it's not your heart you've been sharing, Becky. As long as there is another partner in your life I will not have sex with you. It's that simple, and it's your choice. You can either have your husband or your fuck buddy. I can see you're not ready to be reasonable about this. That's okay. I can wait. I know you love me and that eventually you'll see the logic in what I'm saying and doing. I know you want me to be happy and eventually you'll give me this one little thing. She walked out and down the hall to the master bedroom naked as a jaybird and without concern for her daughter seeing her, though the walk was over with quickly, Sunday went much the way Saturday had. I spent the bulk of the day puttering in my workshop then took myself out to dinner again. I had to work tomorrow so I returned at a far more reasonable hour. Holly was already in bed and Becky again made overtures to me but I again declined her advances. After she left I took care of myself manually. Hey, I was still human and Becky was still sexy. The next two weeks went by quickly, helped along by my staying at work late every night. I had never been so caught up. But every night I made a point of finding Becky and asking her not to go, so when it all ended I could genuinely say I had made the effort. The conversation was always roughly the same. Becky, I'm going to ask you again to please not go on this trip. Call and tell him it's over and let's work on us. Henry, I understand that this is difficult for you. But I want to go, I need to go, and I'm committed to going. It's just one week, and then you and I will go back to the way things were. Meaning you'll keep seeing him but you'll be discreet, but not actually just you and me. Yes, Henry, I'm going to keep seeing him. I'm sorry that it's hurting you but it's something I need and if you love me you'll understand. 
This went on right up until the night before she left. As for Holly, she finally pinned me down a couple days after I overheard her conversation with her mother that fateful day. She sat down on my lap as I tried to watch a basketball game on TV. Daddy, no more avoiding me. You're upset with me for some reason. You always said we should talk things out so we can work through them, but if you won't tell me what's wrong we can't solve it. Please, Daddy. I love you. Holly Ann, I could tell you why I'm angry with you, but I really think there's someone else that can elaborate on that much better. Someone else? What are you talking about? Perhaps, my child, you should ask your teacher, Mr. Harrington, what it is that's bothering me. You seem to be very close to him these days, even setting him up with your mother so she can cheat on me. Maybe he can give you the answers you want. Holly's face caught a sudden look of surprise as I revealed that I was aware of the role in this whole thing and that I knew the name of Becky's paramour, but the apologetic look I had hoped for, though didn't really expect, to be honest, never showed. Just like her mother, she looked at me like I was wrong to be upset by this. So you know I introduced them. How'd you find out? I overheard you and mom talking about it the day she told me about the trip to Hawaii. It's not a big deal, dad. It's just sex. She doesn't love him. Why does everyone say that like it somehow makes it okay? Marriages are more than sex and love. Well, she's going and there's nothing you can do about it. The rest of the week went much like this as well. Holly went to school then came home and did her homework, and at some point made dinner for herself. I moved things over to my new apartment little bits at a time during the day. I was taking only my personal items as I had already stocked the new place with food, utensils, and furniture. I had no interest in anything else from the house that IT was Friday night, the evening before Becky was due to return from her trip, that I thought my relationship with Holly had been permanently and irrevocably damaged. She had finished her dinner and I was again sitting in the living room killing brain cells on some TV show that I hadn't the least bit of interest in. Holly came in and sat next to me. So, are you ever going to speak anything but grunts and one-word answers to me again? You've forgiven mom, what about me? I turned and looked at her with questioning look on my face. What makes you think I've forgiven your mother? You moved back into the bedroom. Obviously that means you're going to sleep in there with her, so that must mean you've forgiven her. Holly, I have not, nor will I ever, forgive your mother for what she's done to me. Regardless of where I sleep she has destroyed what we had and we will never go back to it. I don't understand why you're acting like this. So she's fucking some guy that she doesn't care about. Big deal, she needs it. No, she wants it, and that is a crucial difference. You're barely 18, Holly, you don't fully understand. She stood up and got very angry all of a sudden. Just because I'm only 18 doesn't mean I can't understand what mom is going through. She explained it all to me. I got my dander up a bit as well, standing up myself and elevating the level of my voice to match hers. Yeah, she explained it all to you from her own selfish perspective. She's decided that she's the only one that matters and doesn't care what anyone else thinks. That's bullshit, Dad. She's been here for you and me every damn day of her adult life, and when she finally decides to do something for herself you get all in a twist. She needed to get herself a nice hard cock and it's not her fault you can't get it up anymore. She couldn't have hurt me anymore if she had knocked me upside the head with a two-by-four. I can only assume the look on my face conveyed to her that she had crossed the line. Oh, Daddy, I'm sorry. The rage and hate, yes, hate that I suddenly felt for my daughter at that moment was like nothing I had ever felt before. It took all I had to not slap her right across the face for that. I had never hit a woman and I wasn't going to start now, but as far as I was concerned I no longer had a daughter. Holly Ann, don't ever speak to me again. I walked out of the living room and up the stairs to my bedroom for what would be the last time. Holly was crying, realizing the damage she had done in that one moment of anger. Daddy, I didn't mean it. Please, Daddy, talk to me. I ignored her and walked into my room, closing and locking the door. I was up all night packing the rest of my things. Becky. I took a cab home from the airport rather than having Rick drop me off. Holly had told me that Henry had moved back into the bedroom so obviously he had gotten over himself, and I didn't want to take any chance that seeing Rick would make him upset. I finally had things how I wanted them and didn't want to rock the boat. It was nearly dinner time when I walked in the door with the cab driver hauling my stuff inside and I had actually expected Henry or Holly to have something cooking but there was nothing. Maybe Henry was planning dinner out to celebrate my return. I heard footsteps on the stairs and then Holly appeared and ran to give me a hug. It looked like she had been crying. Hey baby. I miss you too but it's not worth crying over. 
She just kept her face buried in my shoulder, and I could hear her sobbing and feel her body shaking. This was clearly more that her missing me. I pulled her face away from me. Baby, what's the matter? Where's daddy? She was trying really hard to get her emotions under control so I just waited her out, and after a few minutes she managed to get to the point where she could speak. Daddy, daddy, daddy moved out. I drove him away. What are you talking about, Holly? You told me yourself he had moved back into the bedroom. He did. But then last night we had a fight and I said something really awful and this morning him and all of his things were gone and there was that note on the table. I glanced at the table and saw the note in question, which I hadn't noticed before now. With trepidation and a growing sense of dread I walked over to the table and picked it up. It had been printed off of the computer with the exception of Henley's signature at the bottom. I assumed Holly read it already. I sat down in one of the kitchen chairs and read Henley's note, Becky, wow, I thought. Not even dear Becky, just Becky. Becky, I hope that your week in Hawaii, a place that we had planned to experience with each other, with Rick Harrington was all that you wanted it to be, because it has cost you your marriage and will likely cost Rick his job. The school board takes a dim view of their teachers sleeping with the married parents of their students. You will soon find, if you haven't already, that I have moved out. I've taken only my personal belongings. I hope to eventually get my tools and woodworking things but I have nowhere to put them at this point so that will have to wait. If it proves to be an issue I can simply replace them so don't think you can hold them over my head. I wish I could understand why your sexual needs became more important to you than I did, but that's obviously what happened. I was prepared to try and forgive you for the year-long affair if you had cancelled the trip and sworn to never see him again, but our marriage was over when the cab pulled out of our driveway. I also can't understand why you chose to involve our daughter in your affair, even to the point that she set you up with your lover. The contempt and disrespect she now shows me is plain and obviously the result of what you have told her about things that should be private between a husband and wife. You have apparently filled her head with the same destructive ideas about fidelity and marriage that you had in yours, which were probably planted there by your own mother. I doubt Holly will be able to have a normal relationship with a man thanks to your guidance that I have only walked away from you and your daughter. Yes, I meant why our daughter. I have not walked away from my obligations. All of the household bills will continue to be paid automatically as they always have, and the household account will continue to be funded so that you can cover other necessary expenses. Do not expect there to be much left over for things like entertainment. Your pleasure is no longer my concern. But you obviously have assets you're willing to trade so perhaps you can make arrangements that I have left my email address and my cell phone active. Do not expect me to answer when you call. It is primarily for emergencies. If there is something you want or need please communicate via email and I will decide if I am prepared to fund that request and let you know. Please do not fill my email with requests for me to come back home or rationalizations for what you have done. I will delete those without reading them and will cancel the email account if needed. Michael knows where I am now living and is under strict instructions not to pass that information to either of you. Also, security has been instructed not to allow either of you entrance to my office, should you try to corner me there. I will tell you the same thing I told your daughter when she spouted her hateful speech at me on Friday night. I do not want to ever speak with you, either of you, again. Both relationships have been damaged, probably beyond repair, by your selfish, condescending acts, and I will no longer be a part of your lives, at least as much as I can manage. I'm sure Holly can find someone to walk her down the aisle for her wedding when she finally manipulates Dean or some other poor sap into marrying her. I loved you both so much for so long that it hurts me to have to leave you behind but your attitudes toward me have reached the point of being destructive, and I will not allow you to do that to me. Henry tears were streaming down my face as I finished Henry's letter. This wasn't how it was supposed to be. He was supposed to love me forever and understand that this had nothing to do with him, or us. I could see where involving Holly was a mistake, but it had just started out as girl talk. She was telling me about her and Dean and I started talking about Henry and me to try and get Holly to take me more into her confidence. I happened to mention that mom, Holly's grandma, took on a lover when dad began to slow down and that I was considering the same, and suddenly Holly was introducing me to Rick at one of her choir performances. He was certainly handsome and sexy and I recall giving Henry a very good time that night. After that meeting Holly started talking about him more. She told me that he wasn't married and didn't want to be. He wasn't looking for anything permanent, just a little fun. I took the bait from there, finding reasons to contact him just to open a dialogue. I asked him to dinner one night when Henry was out of town for work, pleading loneliness. We ended up in his apartment that night and had the best sex I had experienced in years.
It didn't have the love behind it that Henry gave me, but the orgasms were amazing and he could keep getting it up until I was well taken care of. I spent the night there, and we did it again in the morning. When I got home the next morning Holly was there, and it was obvious I had spent the night with Rick. We talked about it like we were old girlfriends. I felt like I was back in school again. It was all so exciting. And when Henry got back he had no idea of what I had done. I had somehow managed to not let on. I realized at that point that I could play with Rick on the side and keep Henry from finding out. And since Rick wasn't a full-time teacher he had no problem meeting me a couple of times a week, and we were very discreet. It went on like this for months. I kept my eyes open for anything suggesting Rick was getting too attached to me. I couldn't have him falling in love with me, but nothing ever showed itself and so our relationship continued on. We'd meet a couple times a week and then I'd make sure I got home in time to get cleaned up for when Henry got home. I kept thinking something would go wrong but it never did. Well, until that fateful day. It was moving up on the anniversary of that first time Rick had taken me to his apartment. Even though we weren't in love it was still an anniversary of sorts, and he asked me to go to Hawaii with him. Henry was right in that he and I had been planning a trip there, but that didn't occur to me at the time. I don't know why but the thought of spending a week in paradise getting fuck silly really appealed to me. Of course, as a housewife there was no way for me to justify being gone that long. I don't have a job that sends me out of town, and saying I was visiting family would be too easy for Henry to check up on. I got it in my head that Henry would be okay with it, that he loved me so much that he'd let me do this for myself, and everything would be fine. It was Rick that mentioned I could point out how bad a divorce would be for him, should Henry be inclined in that direction. The fact was that I did, I do, love Henry, and so I did feel some guilt about doing this behind his back, and this seemed like the perfect time to bring things out into the open. I could get Henry's approval because he loved me and wanted me happy, and I could enjoy my week in Hawaii with Rick guilt-free. I was surprised when Henry was so against it. I knew that his ego would take a hit, and there was really no getting around that, but I was sure once I explained there was no love between Rick and I, that it was just sex over and above what Henry himself needed, yes. I was sure that Henry would eventually come to see things logically, which is to say my way. That was why I told him two weeks in advance, to give him time to come to terms with it, and give me his approval. Obviously that never happened. Still, I was sure that when I got back and everything for him was as it was that he'd see that what I did with Rick did nothing to hurt him. But that opportunity never came. Apparently he and Holly got into it pretty good and he left, though I doubt that was the only reason. I guess I misjudged what Henry's love for me would allow me to do, and now the love of my life has gone. But I was a resourceful woman and I had no doubt I could find him and convince him to see things my way. I might even have to cool things with Rick for a while and convince Henry it was over then take up with him again later. But I could do that. Henry's brother, Michael, knew his new address. They were thick as thieves so I doubted I could get him to roll over, but maybe his wife, Fiona, would help me out. She probably knows, or at least could find, the new address. Once I found him I could surely get him to come back and give me another chance. That must be why he doesn't want to talk to me, he knows he can't resist my charms. Besides, he never once mentioned any plans to file for divorce so he obviously doesn't want to lose me. He was probably just trying to make a point with this never want to speak to me again stuff but I doubted he meant it. Soon he'll realize he can't live without me and he'd welcome hearing from me. Yes, I would start on this on Monday by calling Fiona when Michael is at work. Until I could get Henry to come back to me, to us, Holly and I would soldier on. Henry It was a beautiful day out, and I decided to go relax by the pool. The apartment complex I had moved into had the pool as well as a fitness center and a large community room that could be reserved for parties and large get-togethers. I'd been here for a couple months. The first week was spent either in the apartment unpacking or at work. For the next few weeks I was just kind of depressed, and I just hung out in my living room watching TV. Finally I decided to, as they say, get busy living or get busy dying. I headed out to the pool to relax and get some sun. The water was probably still a little cool for me, but lying in the sun and maybe doing some reading would be perfect. I had actually gone on a few dates, but no one caught my fancy. I was still lamenting the loss of my family, and I did miss Becky. Not the one I walked out on but the one I had married and loved for almost twenty years that I had been resting in one of the provided chaise lounges for about an hour when a shadow fell over me. I opened my eyes to see a very appealing female silhouette, though I couldn't make out much in the way of details until my eyes adjusted. She spoke first. Hi there. 
I haven't seen you here before. Did you just move in? About two months ago, but this seems like the first time I've seen the light of day since then. I'm Henry. Michelle. It's nice to meet you. May I join you? Michelle, if there's anything I've learned over the years it's to always say yes to a request from a beautiful woman. Have a seat. She smiled as she pulled one of the other chaise lounges over next to me, right next to me. With the sun out of my eyes I could get a better look at her and was very impressed. She had long brown hair and a lovely figure. Her breasts were probably B's, maybe C's, and a nice but that was not flat but not too big either. She had on a light pink bikini top and I presume the matching bottoms, though the sarong around her waist hid her lower half. She did not wear a wedding ring. At last she was settled and then turned to me. So, Henry, are you recently divorced or just trying to make people think you are? I glanced over at her with a questioning look. Why would you ask me that? Your finger has both a tan line and a dent where you, at least until fairly recently, wore a wedding ring. Very perceptive. It's interesting that you're checking out my ring finger, though. No more or less interesting than when you checked out mine a couple minutes ago. Damn. I thought I had been more subtle than that. Well, anyway, I'm not actually divorced but I decided to remove my ring and move out while my wife was in Hawaii for a week with her lover. Oh my, I'll bet that's an interesting story. Not so interesting when you're living it but from the outside I can see the appeal. Any chance of you guys reconciling? None. I still care about her but what she did and the way she did it destroyed any chance of our staying together. You can tell me about it when you take me out to dinner tonight. I hesitated for just a moment. Is there somewhere in particular you'd like to go? Someplace nice. And you're taking me dancing too. My daughter is sleeping over at my sister's house so we can stay out as long as we want. That sounds very good to me. Michelle looked over at me and lowered her sunglasses to make direct eye contact, waiting for me to do the same. Let me clear about something, Henry. I'm very attracted to you and I can tell you're attracted to me. But I don't sleep with married men, separated or not. So if you want a chance to get between my legs someday then you're going to have to do something about your marital status. Well, I think I just got that motivation I was looking for, but maybe we should see how dinner goes first. We spent another hour lounging together by the pool. We were mostly silent, I think with the goal of saving the bulk of the conversation for dinner that night. She did take off the sarong and confirmed that her bikini bottoms matched her top, and that she was in excellent shape. I was getting ready to take Michelle out, and was pondering this unexpected turn of events. I enjoyed being married but wasn't entirely sure I wanted to leap right into another relationship, especially considering the status of my existing one. That it would end was without question, but there were a lot of unresolved emotions, the most prevalent of those related to Holly. She had said some very hurtful things, but I had realized she was a victim of her mother's own attitudes. In other words, Holly believed that it was expected that a woman would take on a lover at Becky's age, because that's what her grandmother and Becky had both done, and they told her that's how it was supposed to be. And she expected the man to just go with it, since that's what her grandfather had done. I knew that at some point I would try to heal the relationship with my daughter, despite what I had said to her. Becky, however, was finished. What I did realize is that I wasn't going to let Becky stop me from living my life. If that meant the cost of my freedom was to pay Becky while she banged the local football team then so be it. I wasn't going to let a few dollars hold me down that I picked Michelle up promptly at 6pm and we went to a high-end Brazilian steakhouse downtown. I had been there a few times but Michelle never had. She had dressed in an emerald green dress that stopped just below the knees but showed a lot of skin up top. She looked spectacular and I told her so. Why, thank you kind sir. You look quite nice yourself. I took her hand and led her out to my BMW, opening the door for her as my mother taught me. We drove leisurely downtown and talked about some of the places we passed on the way. We held hands the entire way and it felt very comfortable. We were seated at a romantic small table in a back alcove that afforded us quite a bit of privacy. It's interesting what a well-placed $50 bill in the hands of a host can get you. We settled in and were greeted by our server, an attractive young woman named Kelsey. I was friendly with her, as I am with everyone and particularly those in service positions, as we ordered drinks and then settled down to talk. Am I going to have to ask for a different waitress? Michelle asked me. Why would you need to do that? Because if she keeps coming on to you like that I'm going to claw her eyes out, and I'd hate to have to do that. I looked in her eyes and detected a hint of mischievousness and was confident she was kidding, but made a mental note to tone it down just in case. 
I think she detected the wheels spinning in my head and decided to reassure me. She took my hand. Henry, all I mean is that I like you and I'd like to explore that. I wasn't being serious about hurting the poor girl. I know, but I'm flattered that you staked out your claim to me. So, Henry, what do you do for a living? I'm a mechanical engineer. I'm a senior VP with Alpha Logistics in the city. How about you? I'm a loan officer with First National, though I could probably do just fine with the outrageous alimony and child support I get from my ex-husband. That's the price he pays for cheating on me with his assistant and knocking her up. I can't even begin to fathom how someone decides to cheat on someone as beautiful as you. Well, thank you again. Do you have a son or a daughter? Joni is eight. She's in third grade at Oak Leaf Elementary, and I think she might be smarter than me. Is your ex active in her life? Not at all. My sister's husband has done a good job of being a good male role model when he can. But we haven't heard from Jay for about three years. Do you have kids? Technically, I have an 18-year-old daughter named Holly, but she seems to share some of her mother's beliefs about the acceptability of cheating so we're not really on speaking terms at the moment. Look, I'd like to hear about what happened with your wife, but only if you're comfortable talking about it. Actually, I'm okay with it, though I'm not cast in a very favorable light, at least by my wife. Don't worry. I intend to find out for myself just how good you are at everything. I laid out the story as best as I remembered the details, starting with that fateful we-need-to-talk moment and concluding with the yelling match I had with Holly and subsequent early morning exit. For what it's worth, Henry, I agree with you that she seems to be as much a victim of her mother as you are. She clearly took what her mother said to heart, and it sounds like she knows she went too far. I agree, but it hurt an awful lot that my daughter could speak to me like that and apparently have such a low opinion of me as well, even if it was influenced by Becky. Keep the lines of communication open. She'll reach out at some point. I hope so, and I may take the initiative as well. So, are you up for sharing your story, Michelle? Mine is decidedly less juicy. My ex, Jay, is a VP for the Muscles Gym chain. He spends a good amount of time on the road doing inspections of the various gyms around the country. A few years ago he got a new personal assistant, and, long story short, they ended up sleeping together when they were on the road, and apparently his bosses were fully aware. I got a hold of emails and such telling him to be careful about what he was doing. When he knocked her up I dumped him and I got very generous alimony and child support, plus a very nice settlement from Muscles. I don't actually need to work but I enjoy having a reason to get up each day. I don't know. That seems pretty juicy to me. Maybe not as titillating as an adulterous excursion to Hawaii but still pretty good. You seem to be handling your split pretty well, Henry. At the moment I am, but at home in my little apartment the loneliness sometimes overwhelms me. It was the right decision, but that doesn't mean I don't miss what we used to have. You know, if you are ever feeling down you can call me and I'll come over. I mean that as a friend. Just so you won't be alone. We can talk, watch a movie, whatever. I've been there and I had people there for me and I'll be there for you, okay? I appreciate that, Michelle. I may take you up on that. She took my hand and smiled at me. In the moment I felt compelled to do something, so I stood up and came over to her side of the small table intent on giving her a kiss on the cheek. She made like she was ready to accept just that then turned at the last minute and took me lips right on hers. I must have shown my surprise so she set me at ease. That gets our awkward first kiss out of the way and I look forward to many more, including a bit longer one when you drop me at home tonight. I kissed her again, lingering over this one for a few seconds then returned to my seat. The meal was excellent, as was the conversation as we got to know each other a little better. We made our way to a local dance club that catered a little more to the older set. Michelle was 35, in case you're wondering. I may have been biased but I thought she was the most attractive woman in the room, and the guys that asked her to dance apparently thought so as well, even as one after the other was shot down. We took several turns on the dance floor ourselves. It wasn't quite the bump and grind that some people are into. You know, the dancing that looks like you're fucking right there on the dance floor. But we did stay very close and we moved very well together. If there's any truth to the saying that you can tell how well you'll get on in bed based on how you are on the dance floor, we'd be tearing up the sheets when the time came. I did hope to one day find out that it was nearly 2 a.m. when we finally stopped at her apartment door. Her arms snaked around my neck and I wrapped mine around her waist. I had a marvelous time, Henry. I did too, Michelle. It really made me feel good about myself as well. Can I see you tomorrow? You don't think that's too soon? I thought maybe there was some unspoken waiting period these days, 
It had been a while since I dated. But I simply said what I felt. No, I don't. If I could make it sooner than tomorrow I would. Good, because I was thinking the same thing. I'm supposed to pick Joni up at eleven o'clock so it will need to be before then. I never introduce her to a guy until we've been together at least a month. How many guys has she met? You'd be the first. How about you come over for breakfast in the morning? I make a mean omelet. I'll be there at 8.30. We brought our lips together and spent the next two to three minutes getting to know each other a little better in that way. I can tell you I didn't want to stop but eventually we did and I reluctantly let her go inside and close her door. I heard the knock right at 8.30 and I appreciated the promptness. I opened the door and Michelle was dressed in black yoga pants and a long sleeve white top and looking as refreshed as if she had slept for 12 hours. I brought some cut fruit to go with your omelets. She held a bowl on one hand, using the other to pull me to her and give me a welcome kiss. She walked into the kitchen like she owned the place. She perused the ingredients I had available. Bacon, spinach and cheese in mine, please. She started scooping fruit onto each of the plates while I started her omelet. For some reason, she was looking through all of the cabinets and drawers, and I was just about to ask why when she told me. Our kitchens are arranged almost identically. I don't know why that interests me, but it does. I just laughed and finished plating her omelet. I had felt immediately at ease with Michelle yesterday and felt the same today. It was like we had known each other for years that we finished eating then sat on the couch and cuddled and chatted. Yes, there were a few kisses thrown in as well, but too much of that would get me really wound up so I tried to keep it to a manageable level. All too soon it was time for her to leave to go pick up Joni from her sister's house. I walked her to her car and gave her another kiss. Call me later, she said as she climbed into her car. I watched until she pulled out of the gate and turned right onto the road and drove out of sight. First thing Monday morning I made an appointment with a divorce attorney. I had gone to a friend of mine at Alpha and asked who he had used when he had divorced a few years ago. My guy was pretty good, Henry, but I'd suggest you get the gal my ex used. She makes sharks look like guppies, if you catch my drift. He gave me the name of his wife's lawyer and I hunted the number up online. Since Becky hadn't wanted a divorce I presumed she wouldn't be taking any steps towards one so the only hurry I was in had to do with my desire to explore my relationship with Michelle and explore Michelle herself more fully. I found myself wondering if the divorce had to be final or if being filed and agreed to would be sufficient for her. I made an appointment for Wednesday afternoon but was advised Ms. Duncan was very busy and this was just an initial consultation so I had better present my case quickly. She would then decide if she would take my case herself or refer it to one of her associates. The lady on the phone did warn me that she rarely took men on as clients. Michelle and I talked on the phone that night as well as the next night. I let her know about my appointment to see a lawyer and she promised to make it all worth my while. I intended to hold her to that. Wednesday morning I was looking forward to my meeting with the lawyer when I got a call from Michael. This was not unusual. We spoke with regularity anyway. What's up, bro? Just keeping you up to date on the home front. Becky is really pushing hard for your address. She keeps trying to get Fiona to help her out. She's playing the woman card. Fiona, of course, would never tell her anything, but the calls are coming with more frequency. Nothing we can't handle but it seems like Becky's getting more agitated and desperate. I really appreciate you and Fiona being my buffer zone, Mike. Let me know when I can do something for you in return. You know it's not necessary but maybe we'll think of something. Has she tried anything at your office? She came by a couple times early on but didn't get anywhere. She still calls most every day but our receptionist treats it like a game now. She's having fun with it. The meeting with the attorney went well. Denise Duncan got into the law game to help women get their due in divorce court and that's still where her focus lies, but she's come to realize there are plenty of women that are the causes of these divorces and so she spreads her wings a little bit. She is adamant that she will never take on a client that is the adulterer. Thanks to the evidence I had from an investigator I hired while the lovebirds were on the islands I had plenty of evidence, and she took my case. It's just this kind of thing that makes women everywhere look bad. It's no wonder men are more content than ever to make women their playthings when you've got women like this about. She opined to me during our consultation. She suggested we could really sway the settlement in our favor by using the PI report as leverage. I was tempted. I really was. But she had given me twenty great years so I was willing to split things down the middle and even cover alimony and child support, which Denise thought was exceedingly fair 
and maybe a little stupid, of me. But if she fought the divorce then we could bring out the report. It was already in the hands of the school board and I suspect old Rick would be on his way out soon, if he wasn't already. Becky liked to volunteer quite a bit, and I suspect my pictures might dissuade these family organizations from wanting any part of her. But again, this was only if she decided to be difficult about it. That night I was pondering my dinner choices from among the lack of groceries in my apartment, and had about decided to go out when there was a knock on the door. I opened it, and in walked Michelle with a picnic basket and a couple of plates. I took them from her and set them on the table then pulled her in for a kiss. I hadn't spent time with her in three days and I needed one, and I made it count. Wow, baby, that was a nice greeting. I miss you too. Where's Joni tonight? One of her friends invited her to go out for pizza with them. I took a chance that you hadn't eaten yet, and I wanted to hear how the lawyer visit went. You're almost as eager as I am for this to get going. Yes, baby, I am. We need to be able to romance each other properly, and that damn marriage certificate of yours is getting in the way. But I don't know how long we have so let's eat. She pulled out a couple containers of brisket and potato salad and a small bottle of barbecue sauce, and we talked and ate. I gave her a detailed summary of my visit with the lawyer, as well. You're being nicer than I was capable of being, but then Jay and I had only been married for nine years. Do you think I should be harsher? That's really up to you, honey, but I like that you're able to be thoughtful and fair under the circumstances. I know when you and I get into a tiff you'll be reasonable. Jay wasn't much capable of that. She was able to stay for about two hours before she got the call that they were on their way back from the pizza parlor. I walked her about halfway to her apartment then watched her go into her door from there. She was being extra cautious about Joni bumping into me so wouldn't let me take her all the way home that I practically floated back to my apartment. Becky I was getting increasingly frustrated. I couldn't believe Fiona wouldn't help me. We women were supposed to have each other's backs but she flat refused to try and locate Henry's new address. I tried following him home from work a few times but he never seems to go straight home, or I lose him in traffic. I had been seeing Rick twice a week before and then three to four times a week just after Henry left. Hell, I needed some and Henry wasn't there to do his duty so it's his fault that I had to go to Rick more often, but I could only get Rick to meet me once each of the last two weeks. He says he's under a lot of pressure from the school board inquiry into our affair, and he's trying not to give them any more cause to fire him. The union is fighting for him as well but he doesn't think it looks good. Neither of us thought about this consequence. I was beginning to think the trip to Hawaii, as amazing as it was, was a big mistake, and then there's the money. Henry is barely giving me enough to feed Holly and me. We have to eat in every night, and the only way we can watch movies is on pay-per-view since there's no money to go to a theater. And even then we ordered too many of those and Henry threatened to cancel the cable if we didn't scale it back. He's being completely unreasonable. Of course, that's when Holly is here. At least she still has Dean to take her out sometimes, but now I have no money to give her to spend so Dean is having to foot the bill every time and Holly says he's now pressuring her to have sex with him as a way for her to contribute to the relationship. So now she's pissed at me for that, and all of this because Henry's ego can't stand the thought of another, younger man taking care of the needs I have that he can't handle anymore. I still love him, but when he finally comes back to me we're going to make sure he can take care of all of my needs or he's just going to have to accept me having someone on the side. It's not negotiable. Henry My phone started ringing right about 9.45 on a bright and beautiful Friday morning. That Becky was being served the divorce papers at about 9.30 may have had something to do with that. I didn't answer since I was at work and also had no desire to speak with her, but I was curious what she had to say so I listened to the message right away. This has gotten completely out of hand, Henry. I shredded those papers. I won't sign them. We're not getting divorced and you better get your head around that. We need to get together and talk so we can get this behind us and move on with our lives together. You need to call me right away. Perhaps I should have been surprised by the aggressiveness and the attack strategy. I knew she'd fight the divorce. Why wouldn't she since she thinks she's in the right? But I thought perhaps a little humbleness or conciliatory attitude would have come through. But no, she still just thinks I need to accept what she's doing as a part of life and that the failure is mine, not hers. I hadn't yet tipped my hand as to having the PI report, but it seemed likely that was going to be the ammunition that would end this war. It had been remarkably easy for him to get the evidence. When they had been here they had been very careful and discreet, but in Hawaii I guess they figured they could be as open as they wanted to be. 
Let's just say that sex on the beach isn't just the name of a mixed drink. Michelle and I were going out tonight, and I was looking forward to it. We had only met a week ago so I hadn't yet met Joni, but tonight was a double with Michelle's sister, Lori, and her husband, Jeff. The kids were all staying with another friend of theirs, and this was obviously my chance to pass muster with the first line of defense. I was nervous but optimistic. After dropping Joni at the sitter, Michelle came back to get ready. I knocked on her door when it was time to go and was rendered nearly speechless. She was stunning in a knee-length purple dress that was open-backed and went up around her neck and four-inch black heels. There was certainly no bra and I found myself wondering about panties that we met Jeff and Lori at the restaurant and made all of the pertinent introductions. We were seated at a square table and I had Michelle to my right and Lori to my left. The better, I assumed, to grill me as the night wore on. Michelle tells me you're in the process of getting divorced. How's that coming along? I glanced at Michelle and it was clear I was expected to survive the onslaught on my own. That's okay, I thought to myself. She's worth it. My wife was served today but she intends to fight me on it. Of course, I can't be forced to stay married to her but she obviously intends to fight it as best she can. But you have evidence of her affair, right? I do, though it means nothing in the divorce itself, except that we can use it to put pressure on her. Her mother is an unrepentant cheater herself so there won't be much impact there, but those groups she likes to volunteer for might have something to say. But in the end it can go through without her signature if I wait long enough. And you expect Michelle to wait for that? I'm not sure if Michelle reacted to that because I was entirely focused on Lori. I don't expect Michelle to do anything she doesn't want to do. If she decides she doesn't want to wait then I will be disappointed but I'll respect her choice. I certainly hope she's willing to wait for me. I hadn't even planned to worry about getting divorced but I'm doing it so I can be with her. I know I think she's worth the wait to me. Lori just stared at me as what I said rattled around in her head. Jeff had a bit of a smirk on his face, like he was impressed I hadn't wilted under direct examination. Okay then, so far you have my approval. But you better be able to hold your own on the dance floor later when you and I are out there. I'll be taking you for a spin. I look forward to it. The night went great. Michelle and I were attached all night except for when we traded dance partners. It was clear that Jeff and Michelle had danced in the past, but he was her brother-in-law so why shouldn't they? Lori was built differently than Michelle. She was taller and slimmer, with long, straight blonde hair, not unlike Becky's. Michelle was both bustier and rounder in the hips than Lori as well. In fact, it was hard to believe they were sisters, though I didn't say anything to that effect. We did some talking while we danced as well. I hope you don't mind but Michelle told me about what your wife did. I'm really sorry. I appreciate that. It took a pretty big bite out of my self-esteem but Michelle has filled that in nicely. She really likes you you know. I haven't seen her like this since she met Jay way back when. Please don't hurt her. I won't. She means a lot to me and I really like her too. When we got back to the apartment complex Michelle had to jump in her car and go pick up the kids. Lori and Jeff had two kids. Alexis was 10 and Marcus was 7 at the sitters. She was taking them tonight so that Jeff and Lori could have some alone time. I kissed her goodnight as she climbed into her car and then again made the lonely walk to my apartment. I was just settling into bed when there was a knock at my door. I saw Michelle through the peephole so I opened it. She jumped on me and kissed me hard. I hoped my tonsils were intact. Now that's a goodnight kiss, she said. Call me tomorrow. And just like that she was gone. And I went into the bedroom to release my tension. Becky. I didn't really have ready money for a lawyer but the papers said Henry would cover the costs, within normal reason, since he was the one filing, and I managed to find an attorney that would take the case knowing payment would come after the fact. She hit me with a few things I didn't know. For one, whether I sign the papers or not, the divorce will eventually go through. In a case like that the judge would actually set the terms, but she predicted they would probably be very similar to the terms Henry was offering. Henry had given me the house for the rest of Holly's senior year and for another year after that, plus reasonable alimony for three years and child support until June. After that the house would be sold or I could buy him out, or vice versa, but he indicated he had no interest in it, that I couldn't believe this was happening. Why was I at risk for losing my marriage over something that, in the long term, didn't affect Henry? He'd get my pussy anytime he wanted it, just like he always has. Just because I let someone else use it when he's not doesn't seem like a reason to get a divorce, but he seems to think that my entire sex life should be just with him, 
Even if he's not around when I need it that I tried setting up some time with Rick next week and he blew me off. He says the only reason it was interesting was because I was married and he got a charge out of that. But now that Henry had left and I was getting divorced there was nothing there for him. Henry was right. He was an asshole. And Holly is just a mess. She really misses her daddy. She and I were always closer but there were a lot of things they did together and she has missed having him be part of her life. This isn't the way it was supposed to be. Henry. It's been two weeks since I met Michelle's sister, Lori. And other than the clock ticking, not much has happened on the divorce front. Becky still refuses to sign the papers and wants counseling, but that would just be a waste of time. Michelle and I get together every chance we can. Sometimes that's just for a few minutes after she puts Joni to bed, but we've managed to actually go out a couple times each week, thanks to Lori. She says all she wants in return is for us to return the favor someday. I told her to consider it done. Tonight's Saturday, and Lori is again watching Joni, and I took Michelle to dinner and a concert at a club downtown. In hindsight, I realized it was bound to happen sooner or later. We were holding hands while we were quietly eating when I heard the yelling from across the restaurant. Get your damn hands off of my husband right now! No prizes for guessing that it was Becky screaming from across the room. I turned toward the voice and saw her marching toward us while a couple of her friends were looking justifiably embarrassed behind her. Becky finally made it to the table. So it looks like I've caught you, you bastard. You're still married to me, you know, and now I've got you. Yes, Becky, you've caught me having dinner with my neighbor. Congratulations on your discovery. Oh, don't try and tell me this is only dinner. I'm sure there will be more back at your place later. Just look at how this slut is dressed. She's probably giving it away. Michelle had been sitting there with a bemused look on her face until the personal attack. But she remained calm as she responded. Actually, I have respect for wedding vows, even when they're not mine. We haven't done anything yet, but I sure am looking forward to the day we can. Thanks for tossing him away, Becky. The way she said Becky was tinged with disgust and pity, which only inflamed Becky further. The staff was having to bodily pull her away from us and ended up ejecting her from the restaurant. As she was being pulled backwards, Becky still managed to keep away from him, you bitch before she was tossed out. I wondered if her friend stuck with her for the rest of the night. So that's your wife, huh? I'm so sorry, sweetheart. Don't be. That'll make a great story to tell Lori and Jeff. She didn't bother me at all. But she sure is mad. The rest of the evening was decidedly less dramatic but we had a great time. We chose to just hang out and listen to the band rather than dance this time, since it was more music venue than dance hall. She spent a lot of time sitting on my lap while I caressed her thigh. With her arms wrapped around me I could smell her heady scent. First it was her perfume but as that wore away it was more natural Michelle and I was getting aroused by a dot on the ride home we held hands tightly. And as I pulled into the parking lot at the apartment complex I made a decision. I walked her back to her apartment and we stopped at the door. We kissed for several minutes then she leaned into my chest with her head. Michelle, honey, I need to tell you something. She lifted her piercing brown eyes and gazed deeply into mine, her hands firmly latched behind my neck. What's that, baby? I never would have thought it was possible, especially so soon, but I need you to know that I've fallen completely in love with you. You are my last thought at night and my first in the morning. I know we have some things to deal with over the next few months but I wanted you to know how I felt. She kissed me again, our tongues again doing battle over the same piece of real estate between our mouths, and then she pulled back. And I love you too, Henry. I really do. You're a wonderful man and I can't believe you're mine. And you're right in that we have things to overcome but none of them will stop us from being together in the long run. If things were a little different we would be heading for my bed right now. That's how bad I want you, and I know you want me. And when that time finally comes I know we'll both think it was worth the wait. We stood there on her doorstep just cuddling and kissing. We both knew that if we went inside, even with the goal of simply being more comfortable, that clothes would come off, and we were trying hard to avoid that for all of the reasons we've stated. But finally we had to go our separate ways. With one more kiss I let her go. Becky. I got a call from my attorney this morning, and apparently Henry has ramped up the stakes. His attorney sent mine copies of pictures of Rick and me in Hawaii. Henry apparently had a detective follow us, and the evidence was damning. It couldn't be used in the divorce itself, but it could be used to make life very difficult for me. Assuming the divorce ended up final, and there was nothing to suggest that wasn't precisely where we were headed, these pictures could make getting a job very difficult. 
Maybe going after them in the restaurant wasn't the best move. I had apparently badly miscalculated and mistaken my husband's kindness for weakness. I was sure he wouldn't risk losing me so would agree to share me. As great as the sex with Rick was it wasn't worth him. I just never considered that this would be the end result. It's been just over a month since my trip and things continued to go wrong. Today Dean broke up with Holly. They had gone out, and I had managed to spare a few dollars for her to spend. Her face brightened when he showed up. She really likes him, and I could see them getting married one day. I know she's only 18 but they seem so good together. But she was crying when he dropped her off. She ran straight to her bedroom and slammed the door. I went up to see what the matter was and had to just lay with her for 15 minutes until she got her crying under control. Dean broke up with me, Mom. Are you serious? Things were going so well. What happened? What did he say? Well, I told you that he's been kind of pushing for us to have sex but I kept saying no. Finally he said that he had expected me to be more willing since my mother was passing it out around town and I was just like you in every other way. That incensed me. Having one lover is hardly passing it out. She continued. Well, I told him what you told me, that it was perfectly normal for a woman to need a lover because as men and women get older a man's ability declines and a woman's needs increase. Then he asked me if that meant he could expect me to do the same thing if we got married. I didn't know what to say, and he just said that's what I thought, and then told me he was breaking up with me since I had already let him know I expected to cheat on him. I hadn't realized this had gotten around town. Then I realized that school disciplinary hearings for misconduct are public record, so someone must have gotten a hold of the transcripts from Rick's hearings, and my name is probably mentioned prominently. Damn, look I'm not stupid. I know that, despite the logic of a woman having a lover, it's still something society frowns on. But when you're doing something like this you don't expect to get caught so you simply don't think about the potential consequences. Again, I thought Henry would allow it, if not be happy about it, and I also didn't think he'd say anything because that would be telling people he couldn't get it done anymore. This had all gone wrong. I had done just what mom had suggested. She said dad had also been mad for a while but ultimately decided it would be too embarrassing to risk it becoming common knowledge, and she had been with Uncle Leo for several years, until he met that woman he ended up marrying. I can't remember her name. Sure, things were a little different between her and dad from then on but she said it was worth it. I had to keep trying to get Henry to talk to me and come back to me. Rick was gone now so I could promise never to see him again, and I'd tell him that all I wanted was him. And once I got Henry feeling comfortable again I could find Rick's replacement, but I'd know better than to say anything about it this time. Tomorrow I would once again try following him home from work. Henry The first spoke to Denise Duncan today and Becky is still refusing to sign, saying she wants to get another chance to talk to me and work this out. Denise said it might behoove me to do a face-to-face -face and try to convince her in no uncertain terms that I wouldn't reconcile with her. Otherwise we'd be looking at this dragging on for months as she puts up appeals and just generally delays as much as possible. The best I could offer was to think about it, because I had other things on my mind. What else did I have going on, you ask? Well, it's been five weeks now since I met Michelle and I have fallen madly in love with her. And we've passed the one-month mark, and tonight I finally get introduced to Michelle's daughter, Joni. Michelle has told me that tonight is hardly a make-or-break meeting but I am really nervous because I know Joni comes first, and I need her on my side. We started with a trip to Chuck E. Cheese for dinner, to expose us to each other on neutral ground. I drove and Michelle held my hand up front as usual, but I felt like Joni's eyes were glued on me from the back seat, though whenever I caught sight of her in the rear-view mirror she seemed to have a smile, and was just enjoying the ride. We went in and ordered our food and bought our game tokens. No sooner had we found a table than Joni grabbed my hand and pulled me into the gaming area with her. Are eight-year-old girls all that strong? Without a word I was led into the climbing maze and into a game of tag, which I lost horrendously. At one point I lost track of her and finally found her sitting on the chairs for one of the games. There you are. You're sure fast. She looked up at me with her big brown eyes. Are you going to be my new daddy? I knelt down in front of her and took her little hands in mine. I remembered doing this many times when Holly was little and had a serious question she needed an answer to, and I got wistful thinking about better times. I'd like to be, if that's okay with you, but you don't have to decide right now. I think I'd like you to be my new daddy. My friend's daddies won't climb with them but you did. And mommy says you make her happy so it's okay with me. I felt my tears forming and knew it was a combination of what I had found combined with what I had lost. 
I asked her for a hug and she gave me a big strong one. I was very impressed with Michelle's little girl. Michelle, of course, had been watching us like a hawk. We made our way back to the table to eat. I was relegated to the other side of the booth from Michelle and Joni but that was fine. I looked at them they were so alike. Joni was, well, she was Michelle's mini-me just like Holly was Becky's. The rest of the night was a joy. We played in the arcade for hours, spending tons of tokens and earning tons of tickets, enough to score a fancy Barbie doll from the Redemption Center. After that we stopped for ice cream before heading back to the apartment. It was late and Joni was tired so we put her to bed, and I was blessed with the request to read her a story, after she was tucked in Michelle and I sat together on the couch. She cuddled up to me, her hand rubbing my chest. Are you ready to be a daddy to a little girl again? You know, at my age I had my doubts, but now that I've met her I can't imagine doing anything else. What about, what about one of our own? She lifted her eyes to mine and I lowered mine to meet hers. Nothing would make me happier than for us to have a baby, Michelle, and only marrying you and getting to be a daddy to Joni would equal it. A wide smile spread on her face, and she climbed up into my lap and brought her lips to mine in a smoldering hot kiss. I slid my hands under the hem of her shirt to feel her bare back and realized there was no bra strap. I reasoned she had removed it while I read to Joni. Suddenly she sat up. I know what I said before Henry, but I can't wait any longer. I need you to take me now. She pulled her top off and tossed it on the floor and pushed her swollen left nipple into my mouth. Her breasts were small but firm and her nipples were spectacular. I slid my hands inside her waistband and felt the smooth skin of her ass. She stood up and in seconds had stripped her pants and panties off. She got on my knees and attacked my waistband but couldn't get it, so I finally had to help her. She yanked on my pants and boxers until they were around my ankles, which was impressive since I was still sitting on the couch. She wasted no time straddling me and impaling herself on me. I slid all the way in on her first downstroke. She was that wet. Oh, yes, baby, I needed that. I needed you. Oh, God. Michelle held my shoulders as the humped up and down on me and she didn't stop until she came, though that probably took less than a minute. Her body shuddered and shook as the climax took her over for several seconds. God damn, I needed that. She melted against me, my manhood still inside her. Then Elle felt her start kissing my neck, which served to start firming things up. She reached my ear and whispered. Take me to bed, baby. I need more of you. We spent the next three hours doing most everything we could to each other, with the exception of anal. We need to save something for the wedding night, she says. I wanted to lay there with her forever but Michelle was still nervous about Joni waking up with a man in mommy's bed so I made the walk back to my place at about 3 o'clock in the morning that I had turned my phone off for the evening but found I had a missed call and a voicemail from Denise. Does she ever not work? I listened to the message and my day got even better and I didn't think that was possible. Henry, this is Denise. I just got a call from Becky's attorney that she's decided to sign the papers and will be coming into my office next week. You don't need to be here but I'll let you know when it's done that I slept very well that night. Becky. My marriage was ending. That seemed like a foregone conclusion at this point. As late as this morning I was planning to fight him all the way but as I watched Holly spend another afternoon in her room crying over Dean breaking up with her I realized that this was all hurting her too much. And where was it going to get me? In the end I'd still be divorced but I might destroy my daughter in the process. So I made the very difficult decision to agree to sign the papers. And as a mature 41-year-old woman, I chose the most appropriate way to deal with the pain that decision caused. I went to a club, got shit-faced drunk, and went home with the first guy to ask. The sex, what I remember of it, was pretty bad. The guy was too small and didn't know how to use it or have much staying power, and that was how I ended up waking up in strange apartment. I had sent Holly to her friend Leslie's house for the night and was thankful that this had not cost Holly her best friend. The guy was still asleep so I quickly got dressed and quietly got out of the house. My car was still at the club so I called a cab to take me to pick it up. I went home and showered then could think of nothing I wanted more in that moment to go to sleep. So I did. Henry The first spent the entire weekend with Michelle and Joni. On Saturday we went to the zoo and on Sunday we went to Lori and Jeff's house for a cookout. Joni spent much of the day with Alexis and Marcus, but they had grown up together so that was no surprise. Jeff was a nice guy and he seemed to know his way around a grill. He was taller than my six feet, heck, Lori was almost as tall as I was, 
and was in pretty good shape. He had played baseball in college and had just turned 40 to Lori's 38. While the sisters bonded and looked after the kids, I spent some time at the grill getting to know Jeff. He and Lori had been married for 15 years and he was completely in love with her. She's still the reason I get up in the morning and do what I need to do. I want her to be proud of me and be glad she married me. I'm sure you're doing it right, Jeff. I haven't spent much time with her but she has that total confidence that comes from knowing she's got what she wants. I've known Michelle a long time. She's crazy about you, Henry. You're getting a good woman there. She was completely devoted to Jay, which is why what he did hurt her so bad, you know. She dedicates herself completely. I know what your wife did and I would bet my life that Michelle would never even take a step in that direction let alone go all the way. I appreciate that thought, Jeff. Let me assure you that I don't think Michelle would ever do anything like that. Otherwise I couldn't have given myself to her as completely as I have. I was in a good mood due to how both avenues of my life were progressing. With any luck I could get Becky's signature on the papers and have them filed this week, and then it would be just a 90-day wait until I could get Michelle to the altar, which I planned to do as quickly as possible. Becky. My head was killing me. I think today is Wednesday but frankly I've lost track. I've gotten drunk and gone home with a different man every night since last Friday, when I finally decided to give in and sign the divorce papers. Fortunately the last few guys were all better than that first one, so at least I've been able to drown my sorrows in some first-class orgasms. But today is the day, assuming I'm right about it being Wednesday, that I'm supposed to actually do the signing. I don't know what I'm going to do without Henry. I love him so much. I just needed something more for a while. I didn't have feelings for Rick except the ones he gave my nether regions. I was supposed to spend the rest of my life with Henry. Getting old together, spoiling our grandchildren, and traveling the world were all on the agenda. Now I'll have nothing but loneliness and heartache at what a fool I was and God forbid Henry ends up with the beautiful brunette woman I saw him with at that restaurant. She was just gorgeous and younger than me. How much more would it hurt if I destroyed my life and in the process handed the only man I've ever loved over to someone like that? I don't think I could live with that. I went to my lawyer's office, and we drove together to Henry's lawyer. I had hoped he'd be there but he wasn't, and when we got down to business I saw with sadness that he had already signed the papers weeks ago. He couldn't wait to be rid of me, and at this point I can hardly blame him. Maybe one day I'll get the chance to apologize in person. But for now I just let my lawyer review the papers then signed when she confirmed that everything was in order. That night I ate dinner alone since Holly is spending more and more time away from home, probably to distance herself from me. Then I got dressed up again and hit the club, again. I found a table with three younger looking guys and told them I was there to offer them a once in a lifetime opportunity, and all they had to do was pay for a hotel room. I think we left a vapor trail as we left the bar. I was stone cold sober. This was my penance for what I had done. I told the young studs they had until the 8 o'clock tomorrow morning to use me however they wanted to. Any hole they wanted, any way they wanted, and any time they wanted, of course, they had to use the KY if they were going in the back door but otherwise I was theirs for the taking. And take me they did dot by the time 8am rolled around I had swallowed more cum than I ever had before, not to mention the copious loads that had been dumped in my pussy and my ass. And the three guys it started out as became a total of eight after they got some buddies to come over. I was sore all over and hoped my birth control pills were able to survive the onslaught. I thanked the boys for their time and went out to my car. Since I had been sober I had driven myself over to the hotel so I wouldn't have to ask for a ride. I got home and took a long hot bath to clean myself off and out. Henry Once the papers were signed and filed there is a 90-day waiting period and 30 of those have passed. My love for both Michelle and Joni has only grown, and we have already reached the point where I refer to her as my daughter and she calls me dad. It still warms my heart every time I hear it. Lori and Michelle are already planning the wedding. It's not going to be huge but they do want to have lots of flowers and a nice reception. They have carte blanche as far as I'm concerned. I had proposed the day after Becky signed the papers because I couldn't wait to get a ring on Michelle's finger, and the sex that night was amazing. The one piece of fallout from what Becky had done that I was having trouble dealing with was Holly's role in it. Becky was doing what she thought she needed and took steps to accomplish it, but that was understandable as she was the direct beneficiary of her actions so there was a self-serving component to what she did. But Holly saw no direct benefit, except I suppose a more contented mother. 
so I was having trouble reconciling with the seeming happiness she got out of seeing her father humiliated. I suppose that was just an unintended consequence. As a female she could relate to the needs her mother professed to have and was taking some happiness from Becky having those needs met. That I objected to those was unfortunate but did not detract from her happiness for her mother, probably due to the way her mother presented taking a lover as inevitable and some rite of passage for the female gender. So in my heart I felt she was just another victim of Becky's self-centered and destructive opinions. But my mind was having trouble reconciling that with the joy in her voice at her mother's impending slut cation and the disregard she had for my feelings on the matter, like all that mattered was her mother's happiness. That had hurt a lot and had been the prime factor in our continued separation point one of the things that appealed to me about Michelle having a daughter was the opportunity to do it over again, and maybe, at least in my mind, get it right. I had spent a lot of time working when Holly was young and had trusted the bulk of her upbringing to Becky. This was not uncommon and I had no problems doing it. Holly and I still had things we did together that were just us. When she was younger she was an avid soccer and volleyball player, and we spent a lot of hours honing those skills. But those weren't the times and places where life lessons were imparted, at least in terms of the values behind a marriage and successful relationships. I tried to teach about strength and empowerment, about never giving up and fighting through adversity. I left it to Becky to instill the other values and that had backfired big time, at least in this respect. I wondered if things could ever be fixed. Becky. Soon my marriage would be officially over. I'd had the dates circled on my calendar for weeks. I felt like I had nothing left to live for now that Henry was gone. Holly, at 18 years of age, was spending most of her time away. She certainly didn't need me anymore. Just a few months ago I had it all. A husband that adored me, a great daughter who loved me, and a lover that satisfied my every sexual need. Then my own hubris, my own sense of entitlement brought it all crashing down. I had no idea how I was going to cope once it was all said and done. In my mind there was still a chance as long as Henry and I were still legally married, but once the divorce was final that would all end. I hadn't spoken to him since the day I left for Hawaii, well, not counting my flip out in the restaurant that day but I don't think you could call that talking, and no one would, or even could, tell me what he was doing now. Was he still with that beautiful brunette he had been with that night? Were they serious or was he just using her to get over me? Was he still doing well at work? I hated the idea that I may have affected his performance there, and hoped his career had not been affected. It had all been harmless, or that was the plan anyway. And the fact was that until that day it had been harmless. Henry had not suspected anything and Holly supported me. No one was being hurt. I suppose we may have eventually been found out even without the trip to Hawaii, but I had been foolish to bring it into the open myself. So here I sit with the ever-present glass of wine in my hand. Okay, sometimes I put in on the nightstand but only when the man of the night is thrusting in and out of me. Wouldn't want to spill it, don't you know? I haven't found the guy yet tonight but he's out there. I have yet to go home alone at the end of any night when I had companionship on my mind. Sometimes it even feels empowering rather than the desperate attempt to drown my sorrows and numb my feelings for a few hours that it actually is. Henry. The divorce would be final in just a few days, and my wedding to Michelle was scheduled for three weeks from today, giving me time to get the final divorce decree so that we can then get the marriage license. Michelle and Lori had gone shopping with the kids this morning and I was cleaning my apartment. Michelle's lease had actually expired last month so she had converted to a month-to-month, though mine had a few months still to go. We had already purchased a house nearby so that Joni wouldn't have to worry about leaving the school district, which was excellent, I might add, one of the best in the state, and we were closing on it next week. But even though Michelle and I spent every night together, at her place if we had Joni, at mine if we didn't, Michelle insisted we wait until we were married before we officially lived together. So she still had her place and I had mine. And since money wasn't an issue I let it go. I got a text that they were on their way back and wanted to make sure I was home. That seemed odd but I confirmed that I was at my place eagerly awaiting her return. Her answer was a smiley face. Michelle had her own key, plus I tended to leave the door unlocked, especially when I was expecting her, so when she knocked on the door when she got back I was surprised. Maybe she's playing a game, I thought, so I joined in and opened the door. I couldn't have been more surprised if God himself was standing on the other side of that door. Hi daddy. I just stared at my daughter in a stunned silence. We both looked at each other across the divide created by the door frame, until Holly started to fidget from being uncomfortable with the situation. Can I come in, daddy? 
I literally shook my head to break myself of the trance I had gone into at the sight of Holly standing in front of me. I stepped back and let her come in. She walked past me and into my living room. I glanced outside into the empty breezeway and then shut the door. I turned to look at my daughter for the first time in almost three months. I could see she was doing everything in her power to hold back tears. What are you doing here, Holly? I thought I was pretty clear when I said I didn't want to hear from you again after what you said. I made a mistake, Daddy. I need to talk to you, and if you still don't want to see me again after that I won't bother you again. Please? All right, Holly. I'll listen. But first I need to know how you found where I was living. Um, it was, um, your girlfriend. Michelle? How did that happen? She just called me. She introduced herself and said you guys were getting married and said it was time, you know, for you and me to talk about what happened. She did, did she? I hope you're not mad at her. She also said I was going to have a little sister. This was certainly not the snotty, dismissive child I had spoken with last. I was intrigued enough by the change to continue. I suggested we get comfortable on the couch and offered her something to drink, pouring us each a glass of iced tea. Okay, kiddo. What are you here to say? Daddy, I'm so sorry about everything that happened and the things I said, especially that last thing. I had thought that mom deserved what she was doing and that you were just being selfish by giving her a hard time about it. So what changed your mind? A couple of things. The first thing was when Dean broke up with me. Dean broke up with you? You guys were good together. When did this happen? It was a few weeks after you left. I still thought, well, that you were being a jerk. Mr. Harrington got fired and someone found out why and soon it was all over the school. And since mom couldn't spare me any spending money he had to pay for everything so started pushing me to have sex with him, like I was paying him back or something. That alerted my parental instincts. I would have to remember to have a little chat with young Dean's parents. I knew them well, from even before Holly and Dean started seeing each other, and I knew they would not appreciate that little gambit. And did you? She looked at me like the sweet little girl I had known before all this started. No, daddy. I don't know if it showed but the relief I felt on the inside was palpable. What else happened? Well, since I was still defending what mom did, he asked if that meant I would cheat on him when we got older. I didn't know what to say and he assumed that meant I would so he dumped me. Would you? Cheat on him, I mean? Because no matter how your mother spins it, that's exactly what it is. No, daddy, I wouldn't. I was aware of the repeated use of the word daddy. I've thought about that day a lot. Even then I probably would have said that it would depend. Maybe things wouldn't be like they are for you and mom and I wouldn't think I needed to. I don't know. But now I can say for sure the answer is no. That's good. Is there more? Yes, daddy. I've been spending a lot of time with Leslie's parents, just talking to them and stuff. I lost a lot of friends over this but Leslie's family is still there for me. I explained to them what mom told me about a woman spending her whole life taking care of her family and being entitled to do something for herself. They surprised me when they said she was being a bad wife and a bad mom by what she did. You'll get no argument from me. They talked to me about wedding vows and promises and stuff. But they also talked to me about something they went through. When Leslie was little Mr. P got sick, like really sick. And while he was sick he couldn't, you know, couldn't, get an erection. I ventured. Right, that. At some point he told Mrs. P that he understood it was hard for her to go without, and if she needed to find someone to do that with he'd understand and not hold it against her. She says she nearly knocked him out when he said that. She asked what kind of wife would she be, to be so selfish when he was sick. It's not like he wouldn't, he just couldn't, and that's what all those vows were about. You stay faithful and support each other in good times and bad. She never even thought about doing that to him, and they were clear that mom was only thinking of herself when she did what she did. The fact that you were, you know, getting taken care of didn't excuse her being with someone else. You know Holly, many years ago, before you were born and even when you were little, I had a much higher sex drive than your mother did. I wanted to do it all the time but she wasn't interested. She'd do it for me, but she didn't really enjoy it those times and I felt bad about it so I didn't push it. We did it when she was ready even though I was practically bursting by then. EW, Dad. My point is that, using your mother's logic, it would have been okay for me to go find other women to have sex with whenever I wanted it if your mother wasn't ready or interested. Do you think she would have accepted that? She considered the example I just laid out and came to the only reasonable conclusion. No way, daddy. She probably would have dumped you. And been justified in doing it, 
and that's precisely what I did. Daddy, I'm so sorry that believed what mommy said without thinking about it. If I had I probably would have realized it was wrong. I was just caught up in the excitement she was feeling and the fact that we had a secret. I was wrong. The tears were starting to form and run down her cheeks. I handed her a tissue and pulled her into my arms and gave her a long hug. I forgive you, baby. I really do. I hope you understand I needed you to realize by yourself that it was wrong. Trying to tell you myself would have just put your mother against me. You needed to figure out for yourself what was right and what was wrong. I'm happy you finally got there. Does that mean I get you back in my life, Daddy? It sure does, sweetie. In fact, I've got a wedding coming up I'm going to need you for. I know. Michelle already asked me to be a bridesmaid. Leslie's gonna be one, too. I can hardly wait. That sneaky little devil, I thought to myself. Just one more reason I loved her. She knew exactly what needed to be done and sure as heck wasn't going to let me get in the way of doing the right thing. But as I looked at Holly I could tell there was something else on her mind. What is it, honey? There's something else you want to say. It's hard, daddy. I mean, I don't want to be selfish, but just say it, Holly. We'll figure it out. Daddy, can I come live with you and Michelle? My first thought was that she was tired of having so little money, as I had been giving Becky just enough for them to get groceries. So that's the road I took. You know, once the divorce of final mom will have more money. I'll be paying more for alimony and child support. It's not that, Dad. It's just, Holly was really struggling and I realized it was about getting away from her mother than anything else. Holly, what's happened? Why do you want to leave your mom to live with me? Daddy, she's a mess. It seems like she's drunk all the time or at least on her way. Half the time she doesn't even come home until the next morning, and when she does come at night she gets dropped off by some strange guy then has to have Mrs. Malone take her to get car. Is she bringing men into the house? I was seething at that thought. Not because I gave a crap what Becky did or who she screwed but that Holly might have been in danger. No matter how angry I had been at her I wouldn't have wanted her harmed in any way. I don't know. I've never seen any, but I suppose she might when I'm not there. I've been spending a lot of nights at Leslie's. Okay, baby. You can certainly stay with us, but something needs to be done. We can't let your mother do this to herself. I texted Michelle and asked her to come over right away. Holly and I were sitting on the couch when she and Joni walked in. I was thinking and Holly was resting her head on my shoulder. So I assume the wedding is still on, and you're not mad at me for bringing Holly over. You're not getting out of marrying me that easily. She sat down on the other side of Holly, and Joni climbed into my lap. Honey, we have a problem. I recounted what Holly had told me about Becky and her choices. She had clearly gone into a self-destructive phase and we had to do something to help her. No matter what else she was she was Holly's mother and had given me a lot of wonderful memories. Michelle was, as always, completely supportive. Do what you have to, baby. It's important. Do you want me to come with you? I somehow think that would make things worse. I'm gonna leave Holly here as well. I think this is something I need to take care of. I drove over to my old house for the first time since that day. The grass was a little long but otherwise the place wasn't much the worse for wear. Becky's car was in the driveway as usual and there weren't any others. I hope that was a good sign. I rang the bell. The house may have been basically the same, but the woman that answered the door was certainly not the one I had left behind. Her hair hung limp and looked dirty. She had lost weight, and she was wearing an old bathrobe. Henry! My God, honey, you're back. Please tell me you're taking me back. Please, I'll do anything. The bathrobe dropped to the floor, and she was naked underneath. Her breasts were covered in little bruises and marks, no doubt the result of her various trysts. Her usually well-trimmed bush had grown out full so she was obviously neglecting some grooming. No, Becky but I want to help you. Holly told me what's been going on around here. You can't keep on like this. She looked at me and tried to process something I had just said, and it was like a switch was flipped. You talked to Holly? You forgave her and let her back into your life? What about me? Where's my forgiveness? I do forgive you, Becky, but then why won't you take me back? I love you, Henry. I need you. Please, Henry, please. Becky. I hated yelling, but I needed her to calm down. Becky, I'm not here to take you back, okay, but I am here to get you some help. I took Becky to the emergency room and her blood alcohol level was very high. They got a consult from a psychiatrist and had her admitted on an emergency basis for 72 hours as a potential danger to herself. 
While she languished there Michelle and I researched rehab facilities that might be able to help her and visited a couple before settling on one. It would have to be voluntary and I hoped we could convince her to go. Epilogue Henry That was seven years ago. As I prepared to walk Holly down the aisle to marry her boyfriend of four years I pondered these events. It had been a hard road but for the most part we made it through. Michelle and I remain happily married and maintain a very active sex life. Her libido proved to be more in line with mine so the two to three times per week that I was able to manage have always been enough for her. Joni just turned 15 and she worships her big sister. She looks beautiful today in her purple satin dress as Holly's maid of honor. She's not allowed to date yet but there are a few boys she talks about and she has had a boyfriend or two, though that's limited to school hours. Amelia is five and worships Joni almost as much as Joni worships Holly. She's starting school soon and is already reading some basic words, thanks to nightly stories from her big sister. Tamara is three and doesn't sit still for one minute until she's sleeping. Literally she'll be going at full speed one minute and be out on the couch the next. I carry her to her toddler bed every night. Every single night that I find my beautiful wife already seated, sharing the mother of the bride's seat with Becky. Becky's husband, Martin, is seated directly behind them. Her first rehab stint didn't go too well but after she caught some STDs and passed out a couple of times she sought help for herself and this time it stuck. She met Martin at an AA meeting. Michelle is eight months along but still manages to look prettier every day. If you're wondering, yes, it's another girl. We're still discussing names but there's a good chance that Aunt Lori will get a namesake. Sure, there are times I miss the Becky that I married and the plans we had. I always thought we'd be married for 50 years and watch generations of family come through the house but it wasn't meant to be. But we're all friends and we even spend a day with Becky and Martin every month or two. It's not what I expected but it is a good life. The End This podcast is part of the Erotica Podcast Network. We offer a free Erotica Podcast and a premium patron taboo podcast which contains more intense sexual themes. You can subscribe to the premium podcast for $2 per month or support the Erotica Podcast on Patreon to support us and allow members to request future stories and themes. Links are in the description. Thank you for listening.